Hey guys, Vicky McLeod here. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, Coach John Singleton and I catch up on the Lowlands results and chat about prepping for strength in depth and beyond. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Okay, hi John, welcome back to the podcast. It's a week almost since Lowlands. Have you recovered? Um, yes, no, I think it was just that, you know, I was always prepared to hit the ground running for that because obviously we, in essence, the athletes were fairly evenly divided between Lowlands and strength and depth. So kind of half our pack is in strength and depth. So I was very aware that this kind of two-week period would be it, it, it would just be back into semi-prep rather than having a, a break type thing. You guys did pretty well. Moritz and Gabby both qualified. And then you also had Anais, Julie, Fernando and Ella all in the semi-finals. So it was a pretty busy weekend for you. It, it was um, It was super busy. You know, we had... Um, I think honestly, like having a male-female um, qualified to the games from the same regional semis is you know it's uh it's really strong you know it's it happens very rarely the last time i had it managed to achieve that was actually back in 2016 so it's like six years ago that that um that happened but um you know and it was really solid like if i summarize like gabby had a um just a really strong performance all the way through you know we, we take out the um the legless rope climb the nests all of the finishes were, were top five and uh, and the legless kind of uh, took away from the point system, meaning it would be very hard to to be able to win. But she still managed to, to finish third despite that. And um, and yeah, I mean Moritz, I mean what a final, you know, outside the top, mm. outside to qualifying all the way through, and then final workout. Just uh, you know, he did what he needed to do. He also at that point needed others like to kind of come in between, which is what sometimes happens. And um, you know, it just it kind of played in his favour. So, you know, he did what he needed to do, and there's the point system worked out that he uh, he was actually very close to third. Ironically, he was only like one or two points away from third as well at the end. But uh, but yeah, so he's got his ticket, the most important thing, and um, and yes, there's kind of two through to the games. That's brilliant. And then, um, how did Anais do? Did you did she feel happy with her performance? Yes, you know, I think it's. Um, for a lot of athletes, like even qualifying semis is, is not the easiest feat. So I think it's really important, um, you know, if if you're not expecting to go on to the next stage, then be able to enjoy that experience and not worry that, you know, just enjoy being out on the floor, enjoy having the fans there. You know, otherwise it can be very, um, if all of a sudden your expectations change when you're there to wanting to be in that top five, it can make the weekend very depressing. And that's why I think focusing on you, your goals, uh, is the most important thing. They're kind of enjoying the moment. And, and Annie, I think, managed to achieve that. Julie as well did very well um, in a kind of achieving that. She she mentioned it was one of the happiest she'd been at a competition. You could definitely see that. Why would she be feeling happy in this competition? I, I think she's just grown as a as an athlete, you know. It's like not always having to be so hard on yourself. Um but just kind of like actually, you know, enjoying the moment, enjoying being there, which, you know, which ultimately is important. Like a lot of these athletes will have, 
paid well every in essence everyone paid to be there you know so if, you, if you're paying to go do something it's like you know, it's not your job it's kind of uh you should go out and enjoy it really and Fernando, I mean, we haven't spoken about him very much before, but he's one of the program athletes. How did he do? Yeah, so I, I think this is um, an evolution of us, but like a shout out to kind of the uh, the coaching team that we've managed to, to develop as well. So like Julie, for example, has worked very closely with Christian. Um, and then Fernando has worked very closely with a coach called Raul. So they kind of had their, the like, direct one-to-one contact with the athletes and you know I also think it's like if you're not competed at that level you really realize how good some people are you know it's like especially Mm. if you go out and think you've done a good time and then see your time being beat it's like like, wow (laughs) And, and especially a lot of the games a lot of athletes experience that they're like you know I, I fucking did awesome and then sometimes you see your name on the leaderboard oh holy crap I've there's a there's kind of a long hill to climb type thing. Yeah. And Ella as well. Uh, uh, my my favourite, actually. I do like Ella, even though she refuses point blank to ever talk to me. <laughs> she uh, she was also competing this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Ella's, Ella's you know, a, a phenomenal athlete. She has lots of talent and she's still young. She's only 23 years old. Um, Ella actually just qualified to the Games before on the team, so... That kind of in the COVID mess, uh, we had a team program team qualified to the games, um, and this was maybe her first time competing live individual, um, especially at this level. Uh, mm. Going through, so you know, it's, it's a big step up, and, and you know, I think it's uh, the learning curve is is that kind of experience and confidence on the competition floor as opposed to the the physical ability, which is sometimes the way it goes. You know, there's so many different uh, components of fitness and or not, not fitness, but so many components of being a competitor. And so, you know, that's one kind of strand that I think uh, for Ella should, uh, will be important to work on. It's uh, it's really impossible to get experience at a competition apart from competing. So you have to, you have to go through that fire, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, you don't know how you're going to feel. You know, sometimes it's like you're in a lot less control than you are in your own gym. It's like, you know, you might have to wait 20 minutes mm. before you do something or you, know, you can't get off the floor and go get something to eat or speak to someone. So, you know, there's all these other factors that you're not playing the music, you're told to do it this time. So... It's a very different environment to your gym, and some athletes thrive off that, and some athletes, uh, you know, have to learn to to get better in that environment. One of the things that struck me about the competition was how well organised it was and how on time it was. That was it was a really quite precise how and uh, impressive how well they managed to stick to their timings. Yeah, and I, you know, I agree. I think that you know, if we'd take. Uh, bird's eye view they, they did a really good job um it felt like a, an old school regionals and these kind of things are so important you know you tell an athlete you're on at you know you've got a lineup at 417 well actually that you know if it's 427 it's like actually that's 10 minutes and and the warm-up won't have been as optimized there's 10 minutes more waiting so this this timing to the minute is actually um is important you know when you're five minutes off it you know it's it can be frustrating to the athlete lead all to these things so it makes it a lot mm. better experience for everyone involved when 
when kind of the communications there and the timings there. And as you say, Lowland's managed to, uh, or Robin Lowland's managed to pull that off. What's your experience as a coach at this these sorts of events? How do you cope with the the stresses and demands of the weekend? Um, so it, you know it does vary depending on the kind of position of the athlete. Like you know, Gabby, um, you kind of saw I, I knew after the second event, uh, Gabby took a win in the, the second event, and so you could kind of mm. tell that she was in shape um, relative to the field. So you knew that the rest of the events were going to be good. So that kind of, it doesn't leave you fearful that there's an event coming up where you're like, oh shit. You know, actually the rope climb was out of the way. We knew how that was, um, we kind of, we actually guessed 15th, she ended up 17th. So it was more or less, we knew kind of planned where that was going to be. And the rest of the events she smashed and they're safe. Then obviously Moritz, you know, you've got hopes that he's possibly able to do it, but he's always bubble. And there you go. You know, that makes it a, a lot more nerve-wracking because you know, ultimately everyone's there to punch their ticket. You know, obviously everyone wants to win, everyone's an athlete, but as long as you've got that ticket, it's like, okay, successful weekend. Um, and so Moritz being on the bubble is like, you know, it's more nerve-wracking going into that final workout because there was obviously potential, but, uh, but you know... It, you don't know. So it's when you get on the fringe of the qualifying, not qualifying, things become a bit more stressful. You know, I've been I've mm. been there at different times. You know, sometimes uh, I remember one year with like Esslinger, we uh, we didn't know if he'd qualified. We couldn't work out the points kind of backstage. It was hard to know who came in, and uh, and they called his name. Like you know, it's a, a very epic feeling, especially for the athlete on the floor. Yeah, I mean, watching Moritz cross the finish line on Sunday afternoon was really exciting, and uh, and and I'm, I've spoken to him since, and he's and he's he hasn't been able to wipe the smile off his face yet. So it's nice to it's nice to be part of that, even as an observer. It's a pretty special moment. Yeah. You know, he'll remember that for the rest of his life. Like that feeling of finishing crossing the finish line is a is a memory that will stick with him for the rest of his life. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that'd be really special the first time you qualify for the games and this is why the regionals is so special because like this is why no one liked the online because it, it's very flat you know like last year when we qualified through semis it's like hey you've qualified but no one's really around you don't really know until they announce it online so it's all just a bit um, flat whereas you know having the announcer call out your name as going to the games is a, is a big thing and so that's why a lot of the regionals is so special for for that reason, or semis as it is. Uh, apart from your guys, are there any standout performances that you or anybody that uh, impressed you over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when a a you know, for want of a better word, but a no name comes in, Enrique, um, the uh, the Italian, like you know, super impressive. I mean, you like. You, you don't know his abilities. You've never seen him before. You don't know if he has any holes. So it's very hard to read. Like a lot of the athletes, you know, like you know them so well that you go, okay, he's going to be great at conditioning, but so on the strength. And you know that. Whereas when a new kid comes in, you're like, well, what's going to happen? And honestly, it's a lot of pressure. And he seemingly handled it super well. And honestly, was kind of cool as a cucumber all the way through the, uh, or had that look cool, cute. And it was, um, it was very impressive. But, you know, same maybe for, um, you know, Matilda. There, there were four athletes punching their tickets. It was obviously uh, Moritz, but then you had 
uh, Matilda and Lucy on the female side as well. So there'll be there were four new kind of four rookies going through from, from Lowlands. Hmm. I was um I was actually stood behind Lucy Campbell's family when she crossed the line. It was again like extremely emotional moment and uh, very exciting to for them and for her. It's a super. So looking forwards, you've got um another one to get through. You've got strength and depth to to look towards now. You've got uh, Christoph and Jack training hard for that. I imagine. Yeah, and Solveig who's here now. And Sole, yeah. So yeah, we we um, we are prepping. You know, in essence, exactly how we did. Uh, depending on what workouts come out, but it's kind of the same process. We'll leave before, and and hopefully we manage to uh, do the best that we can do out there on the competition floor. Are you doing uh, like competition simulations as well? Yeah, although when you don't know the workouts, it's close to impossible to uh, to do that because it, you know. Even where they place events has a big effect. So it's very hard to replicate competition when you don't know any of the workouts. What did you think about the the, the two workouts that CrossFit have programmed, and and what did you think about where the workouts were placed in the weekend? So it has a huge effect uh, where they're placed. So, like, kind of answering it backwards. Yeah. So, where where they're placed has a huge effect. You know, if the lifting was like event six on on Sunday, you'd expect the numbers to be a lot lower than if it's event one, or exactly mm. the lower climb. So, the positioning of the workouts makes a big difference. I quite like them in terms of uh, announced workouts. You know, I'm definitely an advocate of uh, CrossFit for this level of competition, just programming the same across. You know, I thought about it a little, and I think that actually, say you've got six workouts in a semi-final setting, you know, that it, all of them can be, in essence, exactly the same, and then maybe just leave the, like, one workout as longer conditioning uh, for the individual group organisers to, to do, because then, you know, if you want to do an outside run, you want to do a swim, you want to do a run or a workout on a machine, it's like, okay, well, that could be left to the the individual organizer depending on their setup if they could be outside or whatever but then all the other five workouts honestly i think it it means also that you know you're programming six workouts five workouts you're not actually programming like 40 workouts and therefore the or and therefore the like um the quality of the programming the quality of the information you're providing it's a lot easier to do a good job so i think you can get a really high quality of programming by doing less and handing that out to the event organisers. And, and I don't really think that... I don't think it makes the event better if the programming's different. I don't think it adds any value. Uh, I think, actually, that the event's good, kind of despite sometimes... Maybe not despite the programming, but if they're provided with great programming, then it's actually a lot less for them to worry about. I was speaking when I spoke to Robin before um, the event. Robin Stalma, he was telling me. In fact, no, was it Robin? Or, I think it might have been Ollie Mansbridge as well. We were speaking about the programming, and um, there is like they do like to do it themselves. And uh, I did. I, I I don't know if you were ever going to get all six programmed by CrossFit HQ. Yeah, I, I spoke with Ollie. I think it was Ollie because Robin didn't necessarily mention it on the, the interview. I, I spoke mm. with Ollie as well. And 
and honestly, I, I think it does take a big stress off their their shoulders because the amount of documentation you need for each event is actually quite a lot. So there's kind of the the back end work of of the event. I I just think this kind of section of the season being standardised is very useful. And then a lot of these event organisers also have other events that that you know can be programmed outside. I think it's just the flow of the season is. It's a lot easier to have a flow of the season if everything's centrally programmed, basically. Do you have any uh, uh, opinions about the Scott Pancheck rope situation? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's um, an oversight that it's one of those things that, you know, there, there was obviously a decision made at some point not to cut the ropes. And retrospectively, it was. Uh, a bad decision, um, or you know, even even not even retrospectively, it's just there's so many things these guys are having to to do or go through. So you know, I, it, it's not like they're sitting around doing nothing and have just ignored the thing. My my kind of assumption from hearing a few things is that it probably didn't get communicated to the right person and therefore wasn't um, implemented. And the outcome is is quite possibly the worst outcome, taking Scots out of the competition through that. So it, it's a really, um, you know, it's something that should have been corrected. Like at Lowlands, I, I like I know Rogue specifically um, cut the ropes there for that reason. Torian, they had short ropes for that reason. So it's, it's a known problem, the rope lying on the floor. Um so it's just it's it's a bit sad in a way that uh, that it had to happen like that. I know that you have um, also got guys competing in Cape Town and the Far East that are program athletes. So we should keep an eye on those people as well. And also you have Anine and how do I say her name? Anine. Anina. Anina, who is um, competing this weekend in the age group, uh, she's a teen athlete. So you have a lot on your plate at the moment. Yeah, and um, I'm uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling that there's still quite a long way to go. I, I think I, when I was um, speaking to Moritz earlier, he told me that after semi-finals, you guys are going to do a games camp as well. Yeah, exactly. So you know, we we luckily have a couple of athletes already uh, <laughs> hopefully we can add uh, you're filling some seats yeah, we've filled, it's not it's not going to be an empty bus currently so <laughs> so that's uh, that's a positive but yeah you know hopefully we have a few more seats and uh yeah filled and, and then yeah we'll we'll run a, a game you know we've you know, this has been like my eighth consecutive year coaching at the game so we've kind of we've got into the flow of uh, of doing the games camp often we've done it in the states this year we're going to do it in Mallorca so it will be uh it's a, it's a great place to do it yeah so when do you actually get a rest you know to be decided <laughs> um I I will I've actually um I spoke with uh Gabby this morning as well she's she's kind of delayed her return flight um, back from the states and, and we've done oh, do the same basically that just forces us to, to have a period. Last year, I kind of had a work trip um, where I had to go to the, the West Coast. So I was in um, I was in San Diego, Los Angeles, and uh, 
San Francisco. Um, but this year we try and take a break. Otherwise, you know, all of a sudden it's like you get back maybe a few weeks off and then it's, um, you know, then you go, oh, well, Rogue's coming, or Dubai's coming, or Waterloo's coming, mm. Open's coming, Semis are coming. You know, it's like actually the, the, the big events, you know, because as soon as you do Rogue, you're thinking about Dubai. If you're not doing Dubai, you think about Waterpalooza. If you're doing that, you're thinking about the Open, quarter, Semis, and you're back to where we are already. And if you don't kind of uh, purposefully carve out time, the year will uh, will vanish. It's come around really quick. I mean, you were just saying about, about doing the semis online last year. So that was this time last year? Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> that's gone so fast. So I remember like all the, the prepping that you guys were doing and all the crazy stuff that you had to implement in order to be able to do the workouts in air-conditioned uh, gyms because it gets so hot here. I just remember, wow, it, went around, it came around quick. So it certainly passes. Okay, well, I will be seeing you in London. But as soon as we get the workouts released, I guess we could have a chat about those. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I look forward to hearing uh, Ollie's podcast as well. To, uh, yeah, that. so I'm going to release that next week. Nice. Um, and uh, thanks very much for your time today. And you. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks, John. Next up on the podcast, I talk to Moritz Fliebig, who made CrossFit Games history when he qualified as an elite German male for the games at Lowlands. So look out for that. Until then, thanks for listening and bye bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a program production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.